In a groundbreaking book in 1923, a book called The Idea of the Holy, the philosopher Rudolf Otto coined the term the numinous. The numinous. And what Otto was referring to by the numinous was the experience people have when we are overawed by our sudden awareness of God's grandeur. Here we are going about our day to day, not necessarily thinking about God or spirituality, when suddenly, bam, we see something, or we hear something, or we smell something, or we sense something. And whereas moments before we were not thinking about God or about transcendence, now we are suddenly hyper-aware that there is a force bigger than us in the world. That in the grand scheme of things, we are infinitesimal before the sheer wonder of reality. How a chord is struck in us that resonates suddenly with the very foundational notes of creation itself. And this experience Otto is saying, this sudden awareness is our experience of the numinous. Now this fancy word Otto coined, I note, comes from the Latin word numen, meaning divine spirit. And thus what Otto is trying to draw our attention to with the word is to the shocking and fascinating and mysterious experience of being overcome by the Spirit of God, of being struck by and moved by God's Spirit even when, especially when, one least expects it. The numinous. And so here now is why I open today's sermon by talking about Rudolf Otto and the Numinous. I do so because today is the first of our new sermon series, Songs That Sustain Us, which will for eight weeks feature favorite hymns from members of our congregation. As you'll recall, about a month ago, I invited you to email me your favorite hymns, along with stories about why these are your favorite hymns. And I am so grateful to so many of you for sharing these precious stories with me. And I opened this first sermon in this sermon series with a brief overview of Rudolf Otto and of the numinous because I think in order to adequately capture why so many of us feel such a deep connection to the classic hymn, How Great Thou Art, which is the hymn we will focus on today, because I think in order to adequately capture why so many of us feel such a deep connection to this hymn, we must first understand the power of that experience, which Rudolf Otto calls the numinous. O oh Lord my God, the lyrics begin, 
when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. And it's just such exquisite poetry. Its imagery pulled from Psalm 8, this hymn evokes such deep sensory experiences for us. The majestic sight of stars studding the night sky that we suddenly see in our mind's eye as we hear these lyrics. The overwhelming sense of terror, of thunder rendering us humbled and small. We see it. We hear it. We experience it through this hymn. But then come the lyrics that describe for us what this seeing and feeling and experience is doing to us. Which is to say, then come the lyrics that capture our experience of the numinous in the moment. And then sings my soul. Then sings my soul. In other words, then in that moment, I am overawed, overpowered, enraptured, inspired. I see it. I feel it. I experience it. And thus sings my soul. Let me tell you a brief story. I told you all in a sermon a few weeks ago about my grandfather, Dr. Cy Gray. I told you about how April and I named our son Wit, whose name is Cyrus Wit, after my grandfather. And I told you about how he was and how he remains my hero. You'll perhaps recall the story I told you about how shortly before he passed, he was too old and too unsteady to rightly negotiate stairs, but how he one night came upstairs to my room when I was there all alone just to make sure that I had something to eat. I remind you of that story simply to say the story I'm about to tell you is about this same grandfather. Well, the first thing important to know for this story is that my grandfather was a tremendous singer. In fact, as I understand it, he went to undergraduate school on a choral scholarship, a type of scholarship that I hasten to note was never offered to his beloved grandson. Still can't quite put my finger on why that was. Well, so he was a singer. And just so happens that his favorite hymn was How Great Thou Art. And though I'm too young to recall it, my mother tells me that when he would sing this particular hymn, and it, when it would come time for him to hit that final note, that final big note, 
that when that time would come, my grandfather would close his eyes and elevate his voice and then produce a sound that would make the hairs on one's arms stand to attention. So my mother tells me. I regret I don't have that memory for myself. However, I do have this memory, even though it too, I suppose, is but the memory of a memory. Shortly before my grandfather passed, when we had moved into his house for my parents to take care of him, my mother, who by the way is also a tremendous singer, really not sure what happened. At this point, my mother had just developed a sudden affinity for Sandy Patty. Now you can likely date this story to just about the precise year simply by virtue of that reference. But suddenly my mom was all about some Sandy Patty. And meanwhile, suddenly my mom had also just become my grandfather's chauffeur. He had recently lost his driver's license and thus anywhere he had to go, my mom had to drive him. Which meant that he spent a great deal of time listening to the musical stylings of one Sandy Patty. Well, that was just all right with him because he thought Sandy Patty had a beautiful voice. And why wouldn't he? She does. Well, so it was that whenever his favorite hymn, How Great Thou Art, would come on my mom's Sandy Patty tape, and whenever Sandy Patty would get that last big note, that note he himself had once been known for in his prime, whenever that moment would come, he would apparently become so moved by what he was hearing, so enraptured and so inspired by the sheer power of the experience that he would reach his hand across the center console to find my mom's hand and squeeze it in gratitude, just as Miss Patty hit that note. Again, this is not my own memory. However, it quickly became the most distinct memory concerning a hymn that I would ever have. Because shortly after my grandfather passed, and all through the now 29 years since, whenever, and I mean whenever, my mom hears how great thou art, she reflexively tells the story of how, not long before he died, she used to share car rides with her daddy. And how every time Sandy Patty would hit that note in that song, how my grandfather would squeeze her hand, and how precious to her that memory is. And so it is that all these years later when I hear this beautiful hymn, and as a pastor obviously I hear it a lot, that whenever I hear this beautiful hymn, I envision my beloved grandfather overcome by the power of that voice, caught up in the numinous wonder of the moment and squeezing my mother's hand in response to it. Thus, there is never a time when I sing how great thou art when I don't think of my grandfather and think of how much he meant to me and think of that action of his squeezing my mom's hand 
and don't therefore mean it even more sincerely when I responsively sing the words, then sings my soul. And I'm not the only one who feels this way about this hymn for this reason. For Stuart Harmon wrote me a wonderful letter last month telling me that he too has a similar relationship to this hymn. Stuart told me in that note how How Great Thou Art will always be his favorite hymn because it was sung at his mother's funeral when he was 11 years old. And how it is a precious memory to him because it is the only memory he would later retain of that service. For that reason, Stuart told me the hymn remained so important to him through the years that 14 years later, when his father passed away, that he therefore made certain that how great thou art would be sung at his service as well. For as Stuart wrote to me, and I quote, the thunder rolling across the sky reminds me of God's power. And that comforts and sustains me. I can see my parents being led home. And then he concluded, and listen carefully, I still get chills every time I hear that song. Do you hear that? I still get chills. Or as Rudolf Otto would put it, I still experience the numinous. Is that not beautiful? I'm so grateful to Stuart for sharing that precious story with us. And meanwhile, I don't think for one moment that Stuart and I are the only ones who have a relationship like this to this particular hymn. I have no doubt that countless others from our membership also experience this classic hymn in a unique way because of the history we have attached to it. I have no doubt that countless others also get chills when singing How Great Thou Art. That countless others also experience the numinous on this hymn's account. Because I know that this beautiful hymn takes so many of us back to some particular moment. And in so doing overpowers us and enraptures us and inspires us and overwhelms us. And thus causes our souls to sing. Then sings my soul. And this happens on a daily basis, you know. Not that we hear and respond to how great thou art, but rather that we experience the numinous in the world and that our souls then sing in response to it. When we're out for a walk and the sudden flight of a bird leaves us breathless at such effortless grace. 
When we look out the window and we're suddenly floored by the wonder of the colors of autumn or the blooms of the spring. When someone says just the right thing to us at just the right moment. When we witness an act of pure kindness that reminds us that good really will win out in the end. Things such as these and oh so many more. All day, every day, these things take place. And to Rudolph Otto's point, they are so special to us because they often happen to us when least we expect them. We can't force them or beckon them or demand them or manipulate them. No, instead they come to us as sheer graces. But when they do, the very essence of our humanity reacts in response. When they do, that chord at the center of creation resonates with our own inner being. And thus when they do, then sings our souls. Dear family, I close now by saying this. As we gathered yesterday for our prayer and unity event at the Anderson Civic Center, and as I saw so many people from our Boulevard family there to take part in the service, and as I saw such a cross-section of our Anderson community standing there together side by side, and as I saw our folks engaging in the event and offering by our mere presence our commitment to be receptive hearts and loving neighbors, and as the wider community came to me afterward thanking me for the event and thanking me for being a part of it and saying how grateful they were that Boulevard continues to live up to its legacy of being a loving neighbor in the community, dear family, between the sight of all of you there and the future vision for our city that such a day portends and through the affirmation that in being part of such an event we are simply Boulevard being who Boulevard has always been. Dear family, in seeing that and in hearing that and in realizing that, well, that chord at the center of creation then resonated in me. The very essence of my humanity cried out within me. Or as the hymn would put it, then my soul began to sing. Began to sing, O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder. Rudolph Otto called it the numinous. And Stuart Harmon and I can vouch for the numinous because we both feel that every time we sing, how great thou art. 
And I have no doubt that each of you can vouch for it too because at different times and for different reasons, you too have felt overcome by the sudden spirit of wonder or joy or gratitude or awe, just as I did yesterday. And just as I have no doubt so many of you did yesterday too. For these memories, for these stories, For this hymn, for an experience like yesterday, my soul within me sings. And make no mistake, this is the divine spirit of God about which we are now speaking. Make no mistake, this is the very energy of the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. For make no mistake, this is the way the word becomes flesh and dwells among us still by living and moving as divine breath among us, inspiring us, enlivening us, emboldening us, compelling us. So what more can we say to such awesome beauty? What more can we say to such unwarranted grace? What more can we say to such unfathomable love than simply to sing from the depths of our souls, O Lord our God, how great Thou art. Amen.